are a W-2 capitalist. You are addressing the gap between your successful, fulfilling W-2 job and building wealth for your family through real estate investing. You are ready to earn, invest, repeat. Welcome to the W-2 Capitalist Podcast. Now, let's get to work. Here's your host, Jay Helms. Hey, everybody. This is Jay Helms. I am the founder of this movement and podcast known as the W-2 Capitalist. Uh, today, I have a very special friend of mine. He was introduced by Bill Allen uh, just a couple of weeks ago, right? Yeah. His name is Tyler Jensen. Tyler is an avid real estate investor, international house flipper, philanthropist, coach. I want to ask you about your coaching style here in a minute. Husband yeah. and father to three amazing boys. We were just chatting uh, a little bit about... Uh, <laughs> Difference between boys and girls. We're not going to go into that because I want to stay out of the doghouse. <laughs> but uh, he has been flipping houses for more than 10 years. It's pretty freaking incredible. Uh, started flipping houses in college and has never looked back. Loves real estate and gets satisfaction from taking an old dumpy crack house and turning it into something truly amazing that a family will be able to create memories and I'm laughing because I'm wondering if we'll ever run out of dumpy crack houses. <laughs> I uh, hope not. No. That keeps me in business. <laughs> That's your deal flow, right? <laughs> That's uh, it. Tyler has built a great business and one of the best flipping companies in the country. His system and process for flipping houses have has been raising the bar for other investors. He loves coaching, helping and others helping others pursue their dreams and passions in real estate. Tyler has coordinated several charity projects, both locally and internationally. This is one really cool thing I like. From donating a rehab to a local single mom for Christmas, pretty freaking awesome, to building houses in the Dominican Republic, Tyler is truly a go-giver. And if you don't know about that book, go grab it right now. T Tyler is truly a go-giver, has a love for using his skill to bless the lives of others, loves giving back and pushing the envelope on rehab rehabbing houses. I stumbled through that. So one of the things, I, Tyler, and I apologize, because no, one of the things I've realized in the last month, I did these 30, for 30, um, 30 days live on YouTube. When I get really excited, I, it's like my, my brain can't, my mouth can't function as fast as my brain. Now, uh, I hear you. I know my, how that goes. My elementary, middle school, and possibly my wife now will tell you, yeah, you need to, to let it catch up because some things you just don't need to say. Right? <laughs> and I promise you, I did not sleep in this shirt. I grabbed it. I, it's brand new. It was folded in the laundry, but it looks wrinkly as hell. And I didn't notice it until we're recording. So anyway, it's all good. It's, that's why it's a podcast, right? People can just listen to it. They don't have to see us. <laughs> well, they, True, but I will take this and put it on YouTube as well. So they will, they will see us there. Uh, but Tyler, so from a guy who we were talking a little bit earlier about, you had a very quick stint in the W2 world. Yep. And you said, hey, this is, this is enough for me, right? What was it that clicked for you that says, all right, I've got to go try something else? And how scary was it? Yeah. So I, I did the whole corporate America thing, right? I've been flipping houses since college and I would do it part-time while I was in college. And then I, I went and I got my degree. I did it. I got my degree in accounting and English and I kind of took the corporate America route. I was a COO for a while. I had 127 employees. Um, I took that route. I was a director of operations. Um, I, I was a financial accountant. We did, um, like accounting and stuff like that for some local schools. Um, so I, I took that career path and I always thought that I was going to be a CEO of a fortune 500 company. That was the path I thought I wanted to take, but 
I realized really quickly that you can make a lot of money in corporate America, but you don't have a lot of freedom in corporate mm. America. And I wanted both. And so I wanted to be able to, I've made, I've been in jobs that I made a lot of money, but I only had two weeks of vacation and, and it just didn't work for me. Right. I was on vacation. I was still working anyways. Yeah. And so I, I just didn't have that freedom. And so I wanted something that was could be both. And so I would still flip houses. I would do one or two a year kind of on my own when I was still going through college, getting my education, all of that. And then I just came to this point that I realized that I was like, Hey, you know, I could have both. I could make really good money in real estate and I could have that freedom that I'm looking for to hang out with my kids. Like you and I talked to, we both have uh, three kids and I just wanted to spend time with them. I wanted to not have to travel all the time and and be working 80 hour weeks and all of that with corporate America. And so that was really the biggest changer for me. And that motivation is that they're my why, right? That I wanted to start with them and how could I spend more time with them and be a dad and be able to provide for them as well. So that was always the take for me. And then how scary was it? It was really scary when I quit my job. So it was uh, over two years ago that I, I quit that I was still doing real estate part-time. So we would do about six houses a year. And we had just closed on two houses. So I had a runway. I said, hey, look, I've got six months that I could live on. This is my runway. I told my wife that I wanted to just leave my job. And she told me, no, <laughs> absolutely <laughs> not. Like, you're not, you're not going to leave your job or that's crazy, all that stuff. So anyways, I, after a lot of convincing, I talked to her and said, hey, look, the only difference is I'll make sure we have insurance. I'll make sure I pay us every two weeks. I make sure that nothing will change except instead of going to the office, I'm going to go to the basement and that'll be my office. And so that's really the only thing that changed. And she said, okay, you have six months. And if you don't do it, then you've got to go back. You're highly educated, go and you'll have to get another job. And yeah. I said, deal. And that was two and a half years later. So we're still here today. So, so. number one, I love that you uh, worked it out with your wife right? Yeah. And even though there's probably a lot of stuff that happened behind the scenes, same, same with my wife and anybody when it comes to anybody who's married, when it comes to money, it's one of the biggest stress points that can happen for a marriage. So the fact that you guys worked it out and said, okay, here's, here's what we got six months. Otherwise you're gonna have to go back in the W2 and you figured out a way to make it work. I love that you, you got, you and her came together and said, here's what we're going to do. Right. Yeah. Freaking awesome. By the way, you said, if you're, if you're listening to this, you won't get this, what I'm about to say, but you, you said you were in, you just left corporate America two years ago. You look like you're in, you were being college two years ago. How do yeah. you have such a baby face, man? What is <laughs> I know, I guess, right? <laughs> uh, and uh, that's freaking awesome, man. You had yeah. a lot of success in your W2. And uh, the, the fact that you, here's what I'm interested in is I never went into flipping because number one, it is a little bit risky for my yep. blood. Uh, number sure. two is I didn't feel like I had the time, right? Especially with kids. Um, but we didn't start investing when we, when we, well, there's a whole story behind that. But we we bought our first rental property that, that actually started cash flowing when my son was three weeks old. It's awesome. Before then, we had made some mistakes, right? I don't yeah. count that as part of my investing. It's career. education. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, there's a little asterisk on that. But as as you're starting to flip properties part-time, you're a mm -hmm. full-time COO or whatever the W-2 job you had at the time as you kind of worked your way up the corporate ladder, how did you have time to to be present with your your family? And, and what was, what was kind of the secret sauce behind all that? 
Yeah. So it started when I was in college, I would do everything myself. So I would, mm-hmm. I would, I would work during the day. I'd go to school at night and then kind of nights and weekends in between classes, I would go and do the actual flip. So I would lay tile, I would paint, I would, I learned how to, I watched a lot of YouTube videos on, <laughs> you know, how to rehab stuff. And I asked a lot of questions, but I would do everything. So when I started my first few flips, I would go and I would do everything nights, weekends, spring break, whatever it was. And then I got married and then I said, Hey, look, I can't do all of this. I'm still trying to go to school. I'm still trying to work and pay and pay a rent and all that stuff. And so then I would hire a GC and I would say, Hey, look, I'm going to project manage it. And him and I would kind of partner on some deals and he would kind of run that construction because I couldn't swing a hammer anymore. And so I needed someone that could during the day. And so, yeah, we kind of started that way and we just kept evolving into, we would do more and more deals. And then I would just start being the GC and I would just make the phone calls and bring in my own subs to start doing it all. And then it, it just kind of got to the point that I was just doing project management full time. And so I was doing a lot of real estate during my W2 job, which was, that was kind of the split, the dividing point, right? Is that I would spend, I was like, man, I'm spending more time doing real estate. They're going to fire me anyways, (laughs) because I I really was drawn to doing real estate. And so I'd be on the phone and I, on my lunch break and before and after meetings, whatever, I would just try and work on real estate. And then yeah, I just came to that point that I was like, Hey, this is something's got to give. I felt like I was going to, I was losing money by going to work. And so that's really when that decision point came that I'm like, Hey, look, I, I know where my passion is. I know where I can be profitable and make money. And by going to work, I feel like I'm giving up something. I'm, I'm losing money by going to work. So maybe the title of the show right there. Yeah. Love that line. Um, Yeah. That's awesome. So you followed your passion, right? You knew, Hey, this is, even though you know, I got to admit, you you made it to CEO with 127 employees. That can't be a bad paying gig, right? I no, mean, that's... But, but the quality of life sucked, yes. right? And yeah, that, that was that was the issue is that, yeah, I, I had a great title. I was a young corporate executive. You know, I had all these, these the great title and the, I had eight supervisors that reported to me and all these employees, but I was working 80 hours a week and I wouldn't see my wife and kids. Like I would Mm. come home and I'd be stressed and I'd be thinking about it and I'd have to go back to the office and deal with issues. And, and so, yeah, I I was making good money, but money wasn't everything to me. Right. Like that, that was important and I needed money to, I grew up broke. So having money was amazing, but having a wife and kids was more important to me. And so that's happy wife, happy life, right? Yeah, yeah. totally, totally. And, and I could tell that, you know, that our marriage never really struggled, but it was just harder. And that marriage was harder because I was always gone. And even when I was home, I wasn't home because I was thinking about work. And so I, I just couldn't really be as involved as I wanted to. And there was just a lot of other issues that come with that kind of position that you have to make hard decisions. So, yeah. So, I want to, where I want to go next, you're talking about partnering with the GC while you still had a um, full-time job. Yeah. Uh, I've got a guy in the mastermind who focuses on flipping. He does the exact same thing. He partners with a GC. He's a project manager, does extremely well uh, with it. How do those partnerships look? Like if, unless and, and I'm going to say me, right? Because I don't know that I want to um, take on the full project. I need somebody to kind of guide me through it like a general contractor. Now, I, I've got some pretty good subs from what we've been doing with our buy and hold piece, which right. 
I'm going to ask you a question here in a minute. Is you said time freedom and flipping, and to those, for me, they don't equal the same. So I'm going to pick your brain on that here in a minute. Yeah, but, we'll talk uh, about that too. <laughs> how do you how do you partner or typically, I know every deal is different, right? But what's mm-hmm. the typical structure when it comes to uh, when you partner with a general contractor on a flip? Yeah, so starting out, there's lots of ways that I did it. And I don't know if there's a right or wrong answer to do it, but... Um, the right answer is the of, one that makes everybody money, right? Yeah, 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 <laughs> which is what it was. So how it worked is that I would partner with a GC and I would just pay him. When I first started, I would just pay him uh, like cost plus. So I would give him 10% of the budget or whatever it was. And he was fine with that. And then we started getting into some bigger rehabs and stuff like that. Then I said, hey, why don't we partner with this? I'll go find the money and the deal. You just do all the rehab work. And then we we would split it 50-50. I did a couple of those deals. And then it just became that I was like, hey, I'm not going to pay this cost plus anymore. I'm just going to pay you to run the project and I'll use you as one of my subs. And you can do majority of the project and I'll fill in the gaps, but I don't need a GC anymore. I can be the GC I can, you know, I can talk on the phone just as good as anybody else. And so I just said, Hey, look, you, you're going to be one of my subs and you'll do majority of the project, but I'm going to fill in. And that way I'm not paying you this, this crazy yeah. cost plus rate. So any of those have worked and they're great to do, right? It just depends on how much margin you want to give up. Giving up 50% of your margin was hard, but I was at a point that I just couldn't do anything, right? It was either make 50% of a watermelon or nothing of a grape, you know? (laughs) So that was, that's what it really came up to is that I had something was better than nothing. And so I, I, yeah, I, I parted, I partnered with a couple of GCs and then I had a couple of GCs that burned me and, you know, we lost a lot of money that way, but yeah. And then we just kind of evolved to doing, I was project managing everything. So I would control all the subs, all the contractors. I was just acting as the GC and that, that way it worked too, but it, it's time you got to, it's give and take, right? I was getting up yeah. at four 30 in the morning. I was taking my lunch break and not eating lunch. I was just being on the phone. And so you've got to, you, you still have this responsibility to your W2 employer because they're still paying the right. bills and keeping yeah. the lights on. And so I felt that obligation, but at the same time, after work, I would go see the houses. Um, I'd get up in the morning and go see him at four 30 in the morning and check on work that had been done, all of that stuff. So yeah, it's just what you got to kind of give and take with your W2. What do you, cause you still, you don't want to lose your job, right? That's hard to do. That's a hard pill to swallow, but you've got to be able to provide for them and still grow your business at the same time. And you also want to be moral and ethical, right? If they're paying yeah, you totally. to do a job, you've got, you know, if it's, whether it's an eight to five or it's any time of the day, they, you need to be present for that. One of the biggest things, at, let me ask you this. Did, did your boss yeah. know that you, uh, you, you did this on the side? Yeah. Yeah. I shared it openly and I said, Hey, look, I'm, I'm flipping houses, but my priority is here and I'm just doing this as a side hustle. Yeah. Most of them were cool with it. So if you're not in a C-level executive seat, I don't recommend that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there's a whole other podcast uh, for that. And uh, if you look it up, I'm sitting here trying to remember the name of it. It may not have been a podcast. I think it was just a YouTube live, actually. Um, but my question, and remember earlier when I said, if I don't write something down, I'm going to forget about it. Um, that Here's one of those examples. You said something. I didn't type it up. Oh, general contractor. Are, are you a licensed general contractor? Right no, now? not yet. I'm working on it right now, but I just okay. never needed 
to have a, li- a licensed GC. And so, we're doing that for separate reasons. So I can start a construction company, not, uh, yeah, just flipping houses. So, so you can you know. be a general contractor on your own house, right? And you can do all the things as a general contractor as long as you own it. Yeah. You can. And I would, I would still hire licensed contractors. And so yep. that's, that's the difference is that it would just be under their license instead of mine. Gotcha. So. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. And it seems like, um, the more I'm exposed to guys who are like you, who are partnering with general contractors, they, they go through this relationship cycle, which is what you just talked about. I hired a guy. We eventually started doing some deals together. Right. And then you had a couple of them that burned you, right. A couple yeah. of general contractors that burn you. So I think it's very smart, even though I haven't done this yet is that if I'm going to get in this, game with you guys is I'm going to find some that I'm going to do a cost plus. Right. And then as we start doing a couple of deals and we start getting a little bit closer to getting kind of married together, whatnot, uh, I'm trying to stay away from relationship analogies. I made one yesterday that was just (laughs) totally horrible. Anyway, anyway. Uh, But you know, you got to know who you're going to be in business with, right? That's the key and do do a few of those before you, um, um, you know, get over the excitement of the honeymoon, right. Of, yeah. uh, flipping properties and then be like, okay, how can we transition this into a, uh, full partnership? And I imagine those conversations are, have to be pretty open, right. Yeah, with your totally. contractor. And, and that will evolve too over time. Right. So yeah. what, what my business looked like when I first started was very different on how I deal with contractors versus now we, like just not to go on a tangent, but we, we don't get bids anymore from contractors. We give the mm-hmm. contractors the bid. And so we do what's called standardized pricing that we pay all the contractors the same amount. Nice. And so just stuff like that, that's a different conversation than when the GC is doing all of the work. Right. Yeah. And so, yeah, you've just got to be able to, to be able to know who you're talking with and then, but, but that relationship is super key that, Hey, I'm going to be upfront with you. You need to be upfront with me. This is my expectations this is what both of our roles are in this. And as long as we agree to that, then I think we'll have a successful relationship. So as long as you, you make that very clear up front. Yeah. Honesty is the best. Sometimes brutal honesty is needed. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Tough love is what we call it. Yeah. There you go. (laughs) So, all right. So I want to circle back earlier. You said flipping gave you time freedom. I don't know if you exactly said that, but it took you away from the W2 to give you freedom to, spend with your time, spend time with your wife and your kids. And I haven't dove into uh, flipping. Number one, yeah. it's a little bit more risky than, than my talk. Maybe it's, maybe others can say, Hey, it's a growth area. You know, you need to put yourself outside of your comfort zone. That would definitely do it for me. But I saw it as a job, right? Mm-hmm. I still see it as a job as if I'm flipping a property, then I'm expected to be certain places, certain times. And it's somebody else has put, potentially dictating my schedule. I don't know that I want that. So help me understand what you mean by time freedom when flipping. Yeah. So time freedom is that you can make a lot of money in a short amount of time flipping houses. And so that was the the key for me is that how could I make the, make the most money so I don't have to work 40 hours a week. And how, how I did that is it's building a business, right? Like what you're saying, you don't want a job, me either. 
I don't want a job (laughs) flipping houses. So I created a system and hired the right people that could keep the machine moving that I don't have to be involved. And so my business runs now, I work maybe four to five hours a week on my business and it just keeps moving, right? And that's by hiring the right people and creating the right systems and processes. And that was the right goal. So now I'm I'm at the, yeah, is it tough when you're first getting started? You bet. Are you up at 4.30 in the morning and going to bed at midnight? Yeah, that was me 100%. So it wasn't easy and it doesn't happen overnight, but I had to... I had to put in the time and serve in the trenches before I could have that freedom. And I knew that that was always the end goal. And so I just started there. So yeah, anyways, that's, that's where I started. Right. And that, that freedom to me is building those processes and that system that I'm able to work and I get to hang out with my kids. So my project manager now, he's, he manages all the projects. I don't have to do that. And we have three crews of contractors that they're all swinging a hammer. So I don't have to do that. I have sales guys that are out finding deals. I have transaction coordinators, right? So they're all kind of taking this system and this process and making it successful that they can just rinse and repeat. And I get to do the things that are high level, raising capital, working with investors, stuff that I like doing, hanging out with my kids, right? Every Friday I take off and we call it fun Fridays and I just hang out with my kids. I try and turn my phone off. I just get to spend time with them. And that's, it's been a lot of fun for me that I've been able to do that. So that's the, that's the freedom that I'm talking about that I was looking for is that, yeah, when you're first starting and you're building, yeah, you're going to put in some hours and some time, but nothing is easy. Right. Right. Or it it shouldn't be, it shouldn't be easy. So what's the saying there? Uh, nothing worth having. What? Oh, I knew I was going to, I'm with you. I know what you're saying. Um, anything worth having is worth, no, that's not it. <laughs> yeah. we'll I come back to it. Maybe I, I I'll Google it here in a minute. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. <laughs> we're 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 saying the same thing. Just yeah. uh, I don't know. No, we're not. We're we're thinking the same thing, but <laughs> yeah, neither one of us it. know the same. <laughs> it's not. Right. It's so how easy, many? It's not worth it, or I don't know, man. That's a good one. Go with that <laughs> one. If it's not easy, it's not worth yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so how many flips did you guys do last? Last, uh, let's just say the last twelve months. We're recording this in June of 2020. So from yeah. June of 2019 to June 2020, how many flips did you guys? Uh, so I'm just going to give you our 2019 number. So we did 30, just under 30 deals last okay. year, and we're on track to do 40 this year. So. Okay. We're, we've got 12 flips going right now. So, wow. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So, well, our goal is to hit 40. We're pretty close to that. I'm looking at our board now and we're, we're pretty close to hitting 40. It, with the pandemic, it kind of obviously screwed everything up, but I think we should still be able to get that. So, yeah, I wanted, I want to talk about that too. So with, you know, with what's going on with the economy and COVID, you know, there's, a lot of speculators out there. I'm one of them of where we're headed in the, uh, w- with the market. I keep getting these alerts from, uh, from, uh, one of the apps I have on my phone about, Hey, it's a price drop. There's a price drop. I don't get the alerts to say, Hey, there's a price increase, which I don't even know. It's a function of the software. Maybe it should be, yeah. maybe it should. I, I don't know that there is such a thing. I don't, well, that's true. <laughs> that's true. Uh, I will say there have been rare times where I've gotten alert of a price change. Mm-hmm. on a property that I've been watching pretty closely and it did, it definitely went up. There's been a yeah. couple of times I was like, all right, That's so this crazy. property's been sitting on the market for a year. This one in particular I'm thinking of is set on the market for like a year, year and a half. Uh-huh. And 
when we got the price change, it went up. It had a little green arrow next to it. And I think it went up like five. I was like, oh, okay. So you're not getting what you yeah. wanted at that price point. So you thought the direction was to go anyway. Uh, but excellent point. It's probably not uh, that common that it happens. Yeah. <laughs> but what do you think, you know, I, I see guys who are, and, and everybody's got their own crystal ball, right? They, they know yeah, where sure. they're going. But where do you see the market headed? And what kind of things are you watching so that you're not stuck holding something um, that uh, could be detrimental to your business, right? Or is there a different exit strategy for, you know, if y'all are starting to see things go this way, do you then turn it into a a burr or, you know, a rental or that sort of thing? But a lot of questions in there to unpack it. So let's focus on where do you think the economy's headed? And again, the markets are always local, right? They're always local to your space. You got to be paying to that. And and the immediate answer to that is that in Utah, where I'm located, the market is still really hot. And really, we just listed a house last week on Friday. We had four offers and $10,000 over our asking price. So that, to me, tells that the market is really strong. There's still a lot of buyers out there. We we Our niche is first-time home buyers. And mm-hmm. so we want the biggest buyer pool that we can have. We don't do high-end luxury homes because the buyers are a lot different than a first-time home buyer. Yeah. They're more picky. The, the, the finishes need to be better. There's just a lot of things that your buyer pool is smaller, all of that. So our niche is first-time home buyers that we can have the largest buyer pool possible. And with that being said is that that's why we're getting multiple offers on these properties. And so there's always, there's a shortage in Utah for my market of housing. And that's, that's a great thing for us. And so even if the market does dip or I started in 2008 flipping houses. And so that was when the market was at the bottom, right? That was the housing crisis, all of that stuff. So if we needed to transition and to switch kind of adapt to the market, we could very easily do that. And that's when stuff goes on sale, right? So then you can start buying houses and fear takes over and people don't think their houses are what they're worth. And so in either market, it, flipping houses is a really good thing. And mm-hmm. why that is, is because you can either buy them cheaper or sell them for more money, which is what we're experiencing now in my market, right? We're selling yeah. $10,000 over asking price. And when the market softens a little bit, we'll be able to buy houses at a deeper discount. And so that that is just flipping houses is just a really good thing because people can't afford buying, building new houses, but they can afford the houses that we're renovating that feel new. And so that's kind of where we're really unique, I guess, and that we can adapt to any of those markets. So I'm not really super concerned. I'm more excited that the opportunity, whatever comes of the market, that there's going to be opportunity that we can capitalize on. Yeah. Same here. I, I'm just on the buy and hold side. I'm, I'm, you know, we're looking at bigger apartment complexes. So I'm, cap rates are one of those things where, I, you know, there's properties around us where people are asking for three and 4% cap rates. I'm like, you don't have a three or 4% property. It's not in a different area. It's uh, (laughs) yeah. So I'll talk to them again in six months and see how they're, they're feeling. But how do you, how do you determine uh, there's a housing shortage, right? So we're getting into supply and demand. You guys are are supplying a, a product out there. There's a demand, but how do you, how do you determine if there's a shortage or not? Yeah. So there's a lot like that of factors that I look at on a weekly basis. So we're looking at the MLS, how many houses are going on the market, how many compared to last year, how many houses are going under contract, all of that stuff are, are things that I'm looking at. And then I'm also looking at economics. So, um, 
yeah, there's a lot of people that I, I'm talking to that are saying in Utah, a lot of people are moving in and we have large families in Utah. It's very common to have four or five kids in Utah and all of those millennials are growing up and they're first time home buyers. So th- those are really good things that we have people that are migrating to Utah. They're not leaving. They're coming yeah. to Utah and like Google and Amazon and all those guys are setting up shop here. And then people are having lots of kids. So those kids are growing up and they're needing houses and yeah. the build our build rate. And there's, I could talk economics all day on stuff like that, but that's really what I'm paying attention to is, is what's the active inventory on the MLS and what was it compared to last year and what's our build rate and construction. Can we build houses fast enough? Um, all of those kind of factors I'm taking a look at and in keeping them into consideration. Yeah, I've noticed, uh, I'm certain that as I'm reaching out with my social media network, getting connected with a lot of folks in Utah. And uh, yeah, you guys like to reproduce. That's yeah, uh, <laughs> sure I mean, yeah. I can't say anything. We're, we're, yeah, right. we're at three. So uh, yeah. who knows where we're going. But, yeah, uh, so it, it's just it's just common. It's part of the culture that, yeah. you know, having three or four kids is very normal. Yeah. So, and you guys are surrounded by some some blue states too that I think there's some exiting coming out of, right? I mean, there's yeah. California is not that far away from yep, from Utah sure. and, and um, a lot of, in my mind, crazy stuff going on out there. But uh, it is what it is, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, so there, when it comes to looking at a housing shortage, you've got this equation or process that you look at. There's no like one website that goes you know, utahhousingsupply.com that you go no. to that shows any of that. Just, There's a it, lot of different us, factors. That, that would be the MLS, right? That we're gotcha. just constantly gotcha. looking at that. Gotcha. Cool, cool. Uh, all right. So how, I want to switch back to when you made that switch. You, you and her wife came to sit down and, and had a discussion. And ultimately, she finally agreed with you. said, okay, we can try this for six months, right? Yep. If you've done more for six months, you're going back. So there was a, a six-month time window where you're like, Oh crap. You know, I got, I got to get after it even more than what I'm doing. How am I supposed to do that? And you worked through that whole process and you said, all right, six months is over. We're doing like we wanted to do. We're going to continue this on. Right. Mm-hmm. And at some point in time, it had to click with you, whether your wife wanted to agree it or not, <laughs> is that, Hey, I'm not going back. Right. Right. But how did you make that mental shift? How long were you in the W2 world? Uh, I was in the W2 world for, let's see, seven years. Okay. So long enough, right? You started getting that seven year itch. You wanted to get out Mm -hmm. and, but at some point in time you had to think, okay, I'm not going back. And now I've got to make this mental shift of working 80 hours a week at the W2 now to four to five hours a week flipping right now. Four to five hours a week, I'm assuming is now, not right when you exactly. came out of it. Right. But there was a mental shift that eventually you had to say, okay, I'm going to do this family Friday. This is when the phone's off. I'm laying around with my kids. Mm-hmm. I am, you know, very new to this transitional process. So I'm looking for advice from a guy, from a guy yeah. like you who's a little bit mm-hmm. further down the road than I am. I still struggle when it comes to turning my phone off. I still struggle, you know, today. Um, I've been, Anytime I come in the office, I just close my door, close my door. Get, you know, I need my solidarity. I need to focus, whatnot. But today I left it wide open. The kids have been running, running it out. And I think that's part of my transition and realizing, okay, we can do this, right? Last week, my, um, my wife and I were talking like, all right, we need to take Thursday mornings. We're going to go to the beach. We live like 15 minutes from the beach and we're just going to spend time with family. Done. Cool. 
blocked off my schedule for Thursdays. Uh, we, I tried to do some stuff after that. And last week was a good test run to say, look, just block out all of Thursday and then do some administrative stuff when you get back. But the point I'm trying to make is, or the question I'm trying to come up with is, is when you went, started going through this, because I, I know there are other people who are thinking about this, Hey, how can I shift from that? Um, whether they're still working a W2 job or they just started, right. And they just started pursuing real estate full time. How did you get to a point where you're like, all right, I don't need to sit in front of my computer eight to five, Monday through Friday, eight to five. I don't need to yeah, pick that- up my phone you know, every five minutes and look and see if I've got a new email. What What are some of the mind tricks that you did on yourself to help make that transition easier? Does that yeah, make sense? That's, yeah, totally. And it's still, some days are still like that, right? My wife yeah. will still say that, man, get off your phone, right? <laughs> <laughs> pay attention to us. And, and when don't you just love those voice of reasons that come, <laughs> yeah. come up, my wife will do the same thing. She, she will, um, uh, I call her superwoman for a reason, the way she handles all of our kids, because cool. I couldn't do it. I, I just, my patience is not there. She loves, I she totally loves kids. I'm and, right there with you. <laughs> I think it's a man woman thing, but uh, I don't know. But, you know, it, it's, it's amazing how I'll take her an, an issue that I've been grinding on for a couple of hours or a couple of days, uh, maybe weeks. Uh, I'm learning to shorten that time frame. It, it comes out better for both of us. And she'll just give me the most brilliant answer of whatever right. question out like how do you do that i know you they're know? just way smarter than us like, they yeah, are they are compete. <laughs> speaking of being way smarter you're way i will agree you're way smarter than i am it only took you seven years to get out of the w2 it took me 20 over 20 so yeah uh that's yeah. that's but back to the question how, how do you yeah get- yeah so mind tricks that that is going to look a lot different when you're first starting so yeah. when i quit my job i remember getting up it was 4 30 in the morning and i did that for probably two or three months every single day yeah. i was up at 4 30 because now it was on me i couldn't rely yeah. on someone just writing a check and giving it to me i had to go to work and make sure that it happened so for probably those first four to six months it was a lot of work i was still probably working 80 hours a day yeah. or 80 hours a week and um yeah, that line was definitely blurred. It wasn't fun Friday and hey, run to the <laughs> store for me and stuff like that. But slowly I started to build processes and systems. And that's where it really started to, to be able to move that I, I hired some people. I hired a bookkeeper and I hired, you know, I started getting a project manager to come in and I had better relationships with GCs so I didn't have to babysit them as much. And then as, as that kind of evolved, then I could say, whoa, I could slow down a little bit. And there's still times that I'm still on my phone all day. And that's just what it is. And, and four to five hours a week, sometimes that doesn't happen. Sometimes mm-hmm. that's, you know, sometimes it's a 40 hour week and that's okay because I have to still work and I still have to make my business. But the freedom is, is that like, I get to go take my kids to swimming lessons today. And I get to take two hours out of the day to go take time with my kids. And I can still answer phone my phone if I needed to or whatnot. But it just gave me that freedom that I'm like, yeah, I can help my wife out. I'm going to take the two older kids to swimming lessons. She can have the baby. And she feels gratified that I'm actually there and I'm present yeah. and I can help her. But those kind of the mind tricks for me is that, yeah, when you first start, like right now in your honeymoon phase, you're going to work your butt off. Yeah. And that's just what it is. But you got to take that time too to realize that, hey, this is a sacrifice for your wife as well. And how can I help her? So it would be like, I bought my wife this box that says unplugged on it. And 
I, for the longest time, I would just have to put my phone in that box and we would lock it <laughs> from five to seven. I just wouldn't answer the phone. I would put my phone and it would buzz and it would drive me crazy. Someone's calling me. I need to take care of this fire. But just from five to seven, when we were having dinner and talking with my kids, I just needed those two hours just to literally unplug and to, and then I would get back to work. I'd say, hun, like I took my two hours. I got to go down to the office. I got to take care of some issues. Love it but at least I would time block that time to, to hang with my family and my kids. And yeah, it sucks. And, and literally hard. put your phone in a box. Yeah. I, I'll have to show you the box, but it says, I ordered it. It says unplugged and it has a little latch on it. And That's I would awesome. put it in there just so I couldn't see it out of sight, out of mind. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. But, yep. but I, now, uh, now it's a lot different because now I kind of have that freedom. Yeah. And I get to kind of have those fun Fridays and I can take my kids to swimming and I can run to the grocery store if I need to for my wife. Like it's definitely more of a team effort now than it was when I first started. Yeah. And so you just have to realize that, that yeah, you're in the trenches now and you're going to have to serve some time and your wife has to understand that. Hey, look, hon, I'm trying to make a living. I have six months to figure this out. And, uh, as long as you let me do that, then I will, it's going to be a grind for about a year. And then you'll start to see kind of, yeah, this is, I worked hard, I made it happen. And now I get to kind of reap some of those rewards. Yeah. Would she trust you, right? Because otherwise you wouldn't be married. I mean, that's, I hope so. (laughs) (laughs) Well, even though, even though she trusts you, it still took a leap of faith to say, yeah, let's go do this. Right. Let's go do this as a team where husband and wife team will do it. But that's been the benefit to her too. Now, now there was never a a clear time that, Hey, should you go back or should you not? It was like, yeah, we can Mm -hmm. do this because you're home now and you're here and you get a, you, I need a break from the kids for 10 minutes. You know, like I'm there to be kind of that relief. And so her quality of life has gotten better as yeah. well as mine. And that's why she kind of saw that, that, yeah, this is, this is different than corporate America because Tyler's here and he's home. And, and I take my kids with me all the, I, I'm probably a terrible father. So my kids have seen <laughs> more crack houses than the average person, but I take them all the time. Like, let's go look at this house. Let's go see this. Let's, yeah. you know, they're very involved. Um, with demo day, they love smashing stuff and they're boys. So that's like right up their wheelhouse, but I'm in love with demo day too. So it's, (laughs) yeah. yeah. So anyways, you have some, sorry, I mean to cut you off there. I know we're we're coming up on time, so I'm going to speed up just a little bit. Let's go. But you have, you have an exciting announcement coming up. You and Bill has an exciting announcement, but before we get into that, how can people best connect, connect with you, Tyler? Yeah. So I do a lot of coaching with the seven figure flipping group. So I do like coaching calls. I'm very involved with their runway group. So, um, flip hacking live is kind of a big thing that we do as well, but I'm on Facebook, Tyler Jensen on Facebook, Utah house flip is my company. And so follow us on that. We do a lot of crazy stuff. We're doing seven day flips and we've done a lot of those. And, uh, I saw that. That was, we uh, post all that on Facebook. So all right, Utah House Flipping is your all right, cool. Yeah, I'll Utah make House Flip and then UtahHouseflip.com too is my okay. website as well. So yeah. Very, very cool. So exciting stuff. You and Bill and the seven figure um family have going yeah. on, right? So tell yeah. us about that. Let let us know what's going on. Although we were talking about when this was going to air. It's probably going to be a few weeks, but what you have going on right now is kind of uh anyway, I'll let you you take the take the helm. Yeah. Here. So Bill Allen is one of my greatest friends and a good mentor. And I know that you, a mentor to you as well, like just a super sharp guy. 
Um, so him and I, we kind of teamed up that we were doing this, this crazy idea that we had these two house, these two duplexes that were right next door to each other. And so I called Bill and I said, Hey, look, we're going to flip all four of these houses, um, in seven days. And he's like, you're crazy. Like, why would you ever do that? Like, cause we had done it before we, we had flipped houses in seven days before that. And so we would do a $40,000 rehab in a week. And mm. we just kind of pushed the envelope on that. And then I, we had these four that were right next door to each other. So I talked with my project manager and he's like, hey, we should do these, these four flips all in seven days. And I said, that sounds awesome. Let's do it. So I called Bill. I said, hey, this is what we're planning on doing. We're closing in a couple of weeks on these, these houses. What do you think? Like, could I invite some guys to come out and see it? Can we, you know, all of that kind of stuff. So Bill's like, we need to document this somehow. We need to film it. And so the idea came up that we were going to have just someone locally. We were going to hire a kid to follow us around with a camera. And he's like, no, you know what? I'm going to just going to, this is like two days or three days before we started this. He's like, I'm going to send out my film crew and we're just going to film it. We'll see what happens. If anything goes, whatever, we'll pull from the footage and use it as a few clips or something. (laughs) And so they flew their, their camera crew out. They stayed with me. This was right during the pandemic had just started and it was just crazy. So his camera crew came out and they filmed us. We did four rehabs in seven days and they filmed the whole process. So I'm not going to spoil the ending, but we filmed, we had so much value in this TV show, this series that we're like, Hey, we just need to make these episodes and launch it as like a TV show. And so every Monday we release a new episode. There's 11 episodes. And every Monday we release an episode. So we've released two already. Again, we're, this is the first week of June that we've released two. We started Memorial Day. And so you could watch the first two episodes, but it tells my story, Jay, like it, everything that we've talked about, it tells about corporate America and the decision to leave corporate America and how I started flipping houses. So that's kind of the first episode. And then episode two, we talk about the deal, how I found it, how we funded it, why it was a deal, what was intriguing about it, all of that stuff. And then the tonight's episode that we're airing is all about demo day. So it shows my crew. It shows how we're going to demo these houses, what the scope of work is, what our Gantt chart is. So the timeline of what, what we've got to do in seven days to make sure that this is a success. Um, oh, you're bringing back my project management days talking about Gantt charts. Yeah. Yeah. So we use, we, <laughs> We're very active users of a Gantt chart. Every fr- every flip that we do has a Gantt chart on it because it controls wow. our timeline. But yeah, so we just made this TV show, this that these episodes. <laughs> this is like HGTV, but for real estate investors. It's not about the fake. We're going to fake stage it with $20,000 of furniture <laughs> and you know, all of that stuff that you see on the before and afters is what HGTV is. Yeah. This is real like how do you really flip a house and how do you see a, a highly efficient team like what my crew is on how do they work together and how do we accomplish four rehabs in seven days? Like doing a rehab in six months was impressive for me. Like I was like, man, I could do a rehab yeah. in six months. That was awesome. And we just kind of controlled all those variables and said, Hey, we're going to do four rehabs in seven days. What does that look like? What would it take? And you get to follow us on this whole journey on how we did it. And the, the issues that came up, like we had meth that we had to deal with and we had, <laughs> who, doesn't, who doesn't have meth they want to, that has to be dealt with. 
Yeah. So like, uh, it was just, we had to deal with all these problems. Like, what do we do? We have to replace the furnace. We have to pull permits on meth. We have to decon. And this is all just stuff that you guys get to see as, as a real flip instead of the HGTV that you see the before and afters and it, yeah. all of that stuff. This is real. And so it was really valuable to us. It's so cool that we're able to produce this and to make this, this four rehabs in seven days and tell our story of how you can do it as well. If you could flip, if all your W2 capitalists could had a week of vacation and they could flip a house and make 40 grand, I think that's super useful information. I wish I would have known that because I would have done it. I would have said, hey, look, if I have a week of paid vacation, instead of going to Hawaii, I'm going to you know, spend that week and I'm going to flip a house in seven days and make 40 grand. That would have been life-changing to me. Yeah. Yeah. And if, if, and then I would have kept that ball rolling. I would have said, yeah, look, I had three weeks of vacation. I'm going to do it three times and make 120 grand. And then I could replace my income. But let's oh keep God. it real. Let's not, yeah. let's not be the, the guys on HGTV who, you know, I love the <laughs> meme that says she's a part-time dog sitter and he's a butterfly, uh, butterfly harvester or whatever their budget is $2 million. <laughs> let's keep it real. You have a lot of years underneath your belt of flipping yeah, uh, to be able to create create these processes where you can do those in in seven days, right? Yeah, totally. The person who's starting out and doing this, like me, no, it's not going to happen. Seven yeah, days. not. And my I'm expectation not, shouldn't be that it is, right? Yeah, totally. And that's okay. Like that's the thing. But we teach you why you couldn't, right? Why couldn't you do that? Even if it's your first time or whatever, if you understand the fundamentals of flipping a house, you have to control the materials. You have to control the labor you have to, you know, hit all these benchmarks, then even if it's not seven days, even if it's a month, yeah. if you could flip a house in a month, would it change your life? Yeah. For me, most it would have, right? People, yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. And that's the whole point. It's not, it's not to do it in seven days, but to know that that's possible, yeah. right? That you can, it, it can be done in seven days. And what do you have to do to be able to think about that mentality that, yeah, I could flip a house in a week. Yeah. Uh, so how do we find this, this TV show? Is it on yeah, so, TV or is it? No? Nope. It, it's through, we were, we took, we looked at the whole HGTV route and all Cause that I see stuff. on your website, it says best house flipping company with HGTV. So what is that about? Yeah. So that, that we did a few things with HGTV. Okay. We shot a pilot with them and stuff like that, but it just never got anywhere. And so we just, yeah, we just, decided not to go that route. We wanted to release something without all the politics and yeah, good for you kind of had more control of. And so, yeah, that's what we did. We just launched it through YouTube. It's on the seven figure flipping YouTube channel. I don't know if we can post it in the show notes or something. Absolutely. We will. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So put it on there, but it, it was just, it's really cool to follow that process of someone that has done flipping before that you can learn from and you can use our Gantt chart. You can use our scope of work, all of that stuff you get, you have access to with this TV show. Yeah. And that's, that's what makes it really special compared to HGTV is that, that it's real and we're showing you exactly step-by-step process of what we did. Yeah. You mean you don't fly in like the property brothers with your, neatly pressed, uh, yeah. down and got your, uh, tool belt on and you right. swing the hammer a couple of times. You don't do that with the yeah, yarn coming no. in and says, wait a minute. Yeah. Yeah. It's very real. Like you'll see hammers being swung and, and contractors <laughs> and all that good stuff. So I'm making, I grab the link to the, uh, seven figure flipping uh, on YouTube. I'll put that on the show notes for, for certain. Yeah. Perfect. 
All right, Tyler, anything else from you, sir? No, just just the idea that you can do it. So I know that your listeners can relate to both of us because we've been there, we've done that, we've had the W-2 job, but it really is possible to achieve your dreams. And I'm proof of that, that it, it takes hard work and it takes guts and it takes kind of that, you have to cross that line and not get comfortable but I promise that you can do it. And so if you're working in a job and you hate it, like I hated my boss, one of my bosses, (laughs) I just couldn't stand him. Right. He was the owner of the company and he was just a jerk and I hated him. And so I hated going to work and I hated that Mm. environment. And I know that a lot of people can relate to that too, but just know that forget all what the naysayers are saying and what all the haters are saying, because you can do this. It's really up to you. I'm not smarter than you or more talented than you or anything like that. It's just, I have persistence and I'm willing to get it done. And I want to make sure that my dreams can become a reality. And so I'm going to do whatever it takes to get that. And if you have that same mindset and that same mentality that you can do this, that it is possible, flipping a house in seven days was crazy. No one had ever done that, right? That was the four-minute mile, right? We right, no one, yeah. <laughs> then we said, you know what? Forget that. We're going to flip four houses in seven days, and we'll probably do even more than that down the road, right? The realm Crazy. of possibility is just out there, but you you can do it. You don't have to stay if your W two job if you hate it and you want to get out and you dream of getting into real estate. Then start taking that small and simple action, and be okay to fail a little bit. Like you, we were talking before that you, you had a good lesson, right? You had some good education when you first started. Absolutely. Me too. And, and that's okay. That education is so important, but you can't be afraid of it. You have to go out and put yourself out there and know that you can accomplish these things and no one can stop you, but you, you're the only one, yep. right? You're, you're the only one that can control that destiny. And so get rid of all the naysayers and the, all the bad bosses and all those other people that tell you that you can't do it and that you're not good enough. You are good enough and you can do it. And that's my biggest thing to anybody listening. If that's, if you don't get any other takeaways from this, that just know that it is possible and that you can achieve that. It's scary right now, right, Jay? You're in that, man. Yeah. man no, I- I have anxiety attacks uh, weekly. They were daily, yeah. but now they're weekly. <laughs> totally. And, that's and, the, okay. and the reason the reason being is because when it first happened, I was like, you know, I was kind of down in the dumps. I felt like, hey, some other asshole got to keep his job and I didn't. Sure. So what am I going to do now? And because, and I, I mean, to be simply transparent, I mean, I was making good money. I, was, I mean, it was uh, low six figures, but it was, I'll, I'll put it this way. Last year we made, um, I'm trying to think of what my tax returns at 170,000. I think is what I made last year. And awesome. at all of a sudden went to, went away. Right. And I'm like, yeah. Oh, what am I going to do now? And it, like you said, it's just one of those things where you, you have to, um, got a bunch of big boy pants on and say, let's go do it. This <laughs> is what we've been wanting to do for a while. Right. Yep. And, and you know, what, what I love about your story is that you took it upon yourself saying, okay, I'm doing this. Mm-hmm. Right. The difference with my story is I had to have somebody to kick me in the pants, right? To, to say, all right, get. And same thing that I, something similar I posted on Facebook this morning in our uh, W2 capitalist community was, um, it was a quote and it said, uh, the reason I made you uncomfortable is because you wouldn't move. And it was quoted by the universe, right? So the universe has definitely made me uncomfortable the last six weeks. But I am more comfortable now about 
what we're doing and everything that we're trying to accomplish than I was six weeks ago, which is kind of crazy, right? right. Which goes back to money is not the whole whole point of it. But uh, awesome, awesome message. I want to encourage you guys to look up uh, Tyler's show, Seven Figure Flipping, the, the show, the the show, yeah, that's the show. Uh, the link to the show will be in the show notes, but you can also go to just YouTube and, and look up seven figure flipping, and it's just the number seven. I don't know if I'm gonna try this out real quick. I don't know if you type in the word seven, it brings it up too. So just seven figure flipping, subscribe. I know Bill and I were had a little bit lighthearted game of who can grow their YouTube channel faster, and uh, <laughs> of course, he's beating me right now, but uh, I don't also don't have a film crew. <laughs> Right. Yeah. No kidding. That was, that was, uh, that was impressive. I didn't know that. I didn't know he had one. Um, that's good stuff. I'm looking forward to, I'm definitely going to, I'm subscribed already, but I'm definitely going to. Awesome. Now that I know the man behind the seven day flip. Yeah. Right. Not one property, but for four units. Four rehabs. Yep. And freaking incredible. Tyler, thank you very much. And we will connect with you very soon, buddy. Jay, thank you for the opportunity, man. I really appreciate it. Good to chat with you and get to know you a little bit better as well. Absolutely. See you soon. Yeah, for sure.